Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 25 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. And today I am chatting with author Samantha Baca. Samantha, thank you for being here and welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. No, of course. Now, quick, important question. Do you go by Sam, Samantha, Sam, you mean, do you have nicknames? How does it, you know? I go by Samantha or Sam, and only my very small little relatives can call me Sammy. Okay. They're the only ones who get away with it. Oh, so you don't like it, or do you no, like it? No, I went by it all through my elementary years, and then now I despise it. Oh, <laughs> so, so now we know it's gonna be yeah don't if you want an answer don't call me sammy <laughs> <laughs> i won't talk to you <laughs> or after becoming like really good friends if i bust out with sammy you know that i'm not happy with you <laughs> right uh-huh <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's similar with me, you know, with me, it's one of those like Viviana and people try to always go with Vivian. I go, no, I had one friend in high school that if she busted out with Vivian, I knew she was not happy with me. Uh, yeah. So mm, that's why uh, Vivi, Viv, you know, sweetie, sexy. I'm fine with all of those. There you go. There you go. Right? <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm huge. I love giving people nicknames and, and I'm very lovey dovey that way. So you'll, you'll bust, you know, obviously I always ask for consent and permission before I bust out with like, Hey honey, or Hey babe, come here or stuff like that. But yeah, um, that's also why I always ask because I know sometimes there are nicknames that are associated with certain names, like the shortening, uh-huh. and, but not everybody likes them. So, right. Yeah. I mean, if I hear somebody yell Sammy at Reader's Take Denver, I mean, I'm going to know it's you. Oh, <laughs> like cross the room to get to to Vivian. <laughs> <laughs> see? <laughs> yeah, it's no, see, I, I would be more like Sam, sexy Samantha. Uh, <laughs> bring you a drink. <laughs> there you go. See, I, I think that's our plan. Perfect. We have it all set. <laughs> for those of us that are tuning in for the first time and may not know a whole lot about you, why don't we talk about, tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been writing and how'd you get started? I have had a lifelong dream of wanting to be a published author. Um, when I was a little girl, my dream was to own my own cabin in the middle of the woods in Colorado and Apparently, I was just going to be single forever because my dream never involved a husband or children. So Mm. apparently, I wanted solitude. (laughs) But I dreamt about just sitting and watching the snowfall while I wrote these beautiful books. And then, you know, that never happened. And I'm also deathly allergic to the woods, like almost every tree. So, I mean, that's never going (laughs) to be a dream that comes true. Um, I used to write here and there, but never anything that I could get you know, past that writer's block on. And back in 2018, I just had this dialogue in my head and I couldn't get it out. So I decided to write it down. And what went from a few sentences turned into a few like paragraphs. And I told my husband a few days later, you know, I I think I wrote a couple chapters in a book. And he's like, well, that's interesting. Like, yeah, you're telling me, I didn't know I could do that. (laughs) And then that turned into my debut book, which I rewrote three times. I 
changed from third person to first person, from present tense to past tense. I was all over the wall. So I didn't know that I was going to keep going. I was just kind of happy to have one book done. And I could say I wrote and published a book. That first book came out April of 2020. And as of December of 2022, I ended that year with 22 published books. Wow. So it's, um, I put out about seven to eight books per year. I write romantic suspense, which is what my debut novel was. That turned into a five book series that's complete. I have another romantic suspense trilogy that's also complete. And then I also write steamy contemporary romance, but most of it ends up being fictional small towns. Um, I always have really strong family friend bonds in my books. And no matter how hard I try to write a standalone, they all end up in series because I apparently can't write characters that don't want their own story. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm a serial Uh, series writer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Those secondary characters that just like, Hey, what about me? (laughs) Loud. So loud. I think I have maybe four books that are actual standalones because I refuse to write anything else. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. I have my schedule planned through 2025 for my release schedule because I have three different series that I'm currently writing in. So wow. I'll be busy for a while. (laughs) Just just a tad. Just a little bit. I mean, aside from family home and you know, build and all that fun stuff that adulting takes over. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's a tad busy. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's also our fault as readers. We are always constantly asking, okay, what's coming up next, which is great. Mm-hmm. And then you tell us, and then we read it. And then all of a sudden that one character that you may have thought as that best friend that just decides to be on that scene for whatever reason, or someone that just enters that shop, and says something cute and funny and then leaves and we're going well what about them we want right them and you're do going, they get ah, a book damn it yeah <laughs> that's happened a lot um i do get a lot of readers who want books from different characters so now i've gotten to the point that when i start a series i kind of just know how many books will be in it but i leave you know the last few books of it kind of empty as far as whose book it's going to be mm. So that way, as we work through the series, we can see, you know, does so-and-so need a book or does so-and-so need a book? And my readers will usually, you know, pop into my group and demand that so-and-so have a book. In a loving and supportive uh, way, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. They they ask very nicely. Yeah, Which we we don't ever want to end up in one of your books and end up being killed off. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. No, that's only my suspense books, but I'm taking a break from those right now just uh-huh. because um I I think it's the Gemini in me. I can only go so many different ways, but sometimes I feel like I'm being pulled 20 different ways in my little creative head. And um I tell people I'm either going to, you know, kill people or I'm going to be super cute and put them in a small town and make it kind of a romantic comedy and make you laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. You never know. I may kill someone. I may not. It's, <laughs> it's a toss up. But right now I've been in this romantic comedy phase and that seems to be the trend. And, you know, those are my series that are doing super well right now. I think I'm funny. 
I don't, you know, always try to label my books as romantic comedies, but a lot of the reviews that come through end up including that word. So that's kind of how they get thrown in the categories on Amazon. I think I'm funnier than I am, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And this is uh, prior to drinks, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting when humor, you never know. And I do find it fascinating when it comes down to the term uh, romantic comedy as to what exactly is the comedy part of the romance Mm -hmm. side. And it could be anything from just, you know, having the character be a bit more goofier than mm-hmm. traditional. I mean, or the, the 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 nerdy girl. And and yes, people do the whole like, oh, she looks so great now that she's not wearing her glasses. People, it's the same person. His glasses are not right. that big of a <laughs> distraction. All right. But yeah, it's just one of those things that depending on the the bantering or if that there is a comic relief character that kind of pops in and that times is a hero other times it might just be that side character but it's interesting very much so to see what is considered romantic comedy nowadays right and I always have a hard time putting my books in any category so I kind of just leave it up to readers to decide more or less how they feel my books are going you know I have a novella that is a small town very slow burn age gap and it seems to be the one that people put in the rom-com category most often because she's just that bubbly girl she's you know early 20s she loves love she has a cute little coffee shop she has her own romance blog Mm -hmm. that you know she gives people relationship advice and of course she meets the one guy that's new to town that wants nothing to do with love (laughs) so there's opposites attract but then there's just you know, there's some funny moments where she's listening to an audiobook and tries to turn it off, but doesn't. So then it plays out loud on her speakerphone and he hears the dirty part. And then she has a pet turtle that has poor vision. And so it keeps mistaking her underwear for food. And so she keeps running out of panties. And, you know, it's just little <laughs> things like that that are super silly that add to the lightness of the book. But there's some um, general funny tone in it. But, you know, I wouldn't go call it like a full on rom-com because there are some, you know, some deeper issues that they have to work through. So I'm so bad at being able to just pick my books right and say it's definitely this category because they're so subjective. People, you know, it may be rom-com for one person, but not for another. Yeah. And there's not a percentage. It's not like a pie chart that says it must have X, Y, Z, you know, percent wise for it to be considered this, that, or whatever. And even then the tropes now being so more, even more popular than classifying books than it, than the genres are. And that's also kind of weird for a lot of us because I don't, all right. Unpopular opinion. I don't like the trope concept because for me, that's a little bit of a spoiler. Like if he's like a grumpy to sunny or or that the age gap, I like learning that stuff as I'm reading. I need to know if it's a contemporary or romantic suspense, small town works, military sports, balls, yay. Uh, (laughs) Right. You know, mystery baby. Well, thanks. Now I know what's going to happen. Not that I didn't, right? Because it's a a romance. I know they're going to live happily ever after because that is what definition of romance is, folks. But at the same time, it's the journey of how they get there that is the whole interest. And when the trope stuff come, comes into play the way that it has been as of late tends to be right. a spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Tropes are super heavy right now. And, you know, I try to lean into them some in the blurbs because 
you know, that ends up being what readers are looking for right now. But, you know, I have some that I could add a trope to like the book I just talked about, but it would be a huge spoiler. So there are certain tropes that I know it encompasses, but I purposely leave out because, you know, what's the point in reading the book if you know everything that is possibly going to happen? There's no twist and turns. And I'm a firm believer and I'm probably, you know, the minority also. I I don't read dark romance. It's just not my thing. There's no there's no shame in anybody who does. Um, it's just, you know, there's certain things that make me feel uncomfortable or I just don't enjoy reading it. However, there's other romance books that, you know, there are some things that could have content warnings. But as a reader, for me personally, if I would have read those before I jumped in, I'd be really frustrated because it it took the, the buildup away and it took that, you know, twist and turn out of it. And so, you know, I, I get that some people want to know everything in advance, but I'm one of those readers that I want to be surprised. Like that's the joy for me in reading is not knowing what's coming and having something completely unexpected pop up. And I mean, you know, not like completely ridiculous where we're like, what the heck was that? But <laughs> You yeah. know, good expected. <laughs> Absol- absolutely. And I think that that's also too, depending on the genre. And we are getting into the, you know, ensuring that we try to make sure that our readers are safe, right? right. In our world and in our books that we're listening to or reading. And there are certain topics, specifically, if you're picking up a dark romance, y'all should know by now something ain't going to be good as far as that, that trigger list, that trigger winning list may be extensive. <laughs> right and, and and that's okay i'm not here to yuck anybody's yum but when i do read and uh, and that's where well i've i've read a few i'm not that's not my not my genre i tend to go more with paranormal and then contemporary you know small town things like that right but i do know that even in in these topics sometimes there should be a little bit and authors try to do it in part of maybe the blurb like after a pregnancy loss does she you know learning things so certain things like that as someone that has suffered them getting in the middle of a book and going ugh, oh my god I, it won't stop me from reading it but it just takes me out a little bit because it's that mm-hmm. wave of not knowing yeah but also how the author handles the subject right is extremely important yeah, in my romantic suspense books, you know, they're not dark romance, but they're they're darker than what I typically write. And so I do have content warning for all of those. And, you know, it's it's basic stuff that you would expect in romantic suspense, stalking, killing, things like that. But, you know, I still list out every single one. Um, one of them that I released last year, I think it was. Um it's the third in the series in the trilogy. And so it's one of those that you have to read everything in order. Otherwise, even though they're all different characters, you get spoilers because of the timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a single mom and she's in the FBI and her child is targeted and a child trafficking ring. And so, you know, I made sure that I put content warnings for that. I mean, that's a very real thing that's happening yeah. right now. And it's, you know, something that I, as a mother of two little girls that I worry about and I, you know, struggled writing it. I mean, the book wanted to be what the book wanted to be, 
But because it hits so close to home on just a general level with this being a real problem in the world right now, you know, it was hard for me to write. And I can understand that it may be hard for some readers to read. It doesn't get graphic. I don't take it to any super dark places. Um, It's just one of those, I think people should have a heads up. You know, it also had a secondary character who experienced child loss. And so I have that as a content warning as well, because, you know, I know there are certain things that can be very harmful to readers. And as authors, we never, I mean, I mean, the majority of us, I can't speak for everyone. I know most of us never, ever want to accidentally hurt somebody with the words that we write. And so I think it's our responsibility to make sure that we, you know, put content warnings in there, if we can. Yeah. You know, I have a book that is all about pregnancy, but I don't put any heads up about it because you see in the blurb that she wants to have a baby and she just turned 40 and her best friend's going to help her. And so, you know, kind of that the whole yes. book is going to be focused on her trying to get knocked up. So, and also you know, that's kind of older age expected. group. <laughs> with an older age, there's going to be more difficulties and potential loss uh-huh. and all that stuff. Yeah. That's where I say right. that if, if some of that info is on the blurb, we like, ah, okay. Um, yeah. You can kind of go. And I think, you know, blurbs are so important and yes. I can write like an 80,000 page book, but my God, I struggle trying <laughs> to write a 250 word or less blurb. I think that's like a it's common so denominator among you authors. It's it's, it it, it's the bane of your existence. I think yes. on that list for sure, short things that are when it comes down to right. the industry. Um, um, but it's definitely one that I hear you guys bust out with. Why? <laughs> yes, it is so hard. And, you know, I think part of it is, you know, you're trying to summarize a book in as few words as you can to make people want to read it. But, you know, I've shifted my style because I I do all of my own blurbs. And so I've shifted to make sure that I'm, you know, grabbing those tropes because some people don't like age gaps. Some people don't like friends to lovers or an older couple in their 40s. And so I think you know, putting all of that in the blurb really helps a reader also to just kind of set expectations and make sure that people know what they're getting into. Absolutely. Yeah. I, it's it's important. We're always constantly asking, you know, those are the conversations of like, hey, where are my, you know, plus size girls? Where are my heroines? Mm-hmm. Where are my older heroines and older heroes? Right. Because, you know, um, uh, I'm not in my 20s anymore. And in reality, when I was in my 20s, no one in the office looked like these guys do. And <laughs> <you know. laughs> none of them were billionaires that said, and oh, I love you. I don't know that none of that happens. Uh, so having some of those more characters that are a little bit older and have you know more representation is always great. So I do love it when the authors provide that information. And then research is so important too. If you're going to write about something, whether it's things that go kaboom like in romantic suspense or or, or it's the sports romance or that you have the right term for the ball (laughs) exactly no i am i totally agree there have been times that i'm like "Ooh, please nobody be checking my browser history right now (laughs) because you know we we don't need to know what i googled about how to hide that body or ways to decompose it or (laughs) you know it also goes on the kinky side like my husband's like why are you looking up jacob's ladder i'm like why don't we talk about this when our kids aren't around 
you know, it's, um, there's a lot of stuff that we find ourselves Googling. Um, I wrote a novella that is a, the heroine is a chef at an upscale restaurant and it's got enemies to lovers vibes, but I, for the life of me, cannot write a true enemies to lovers story. So I never, ever try to put it in that genre because it's, I don't fit there. Um, I just kind of have like kind of grumpy. It's kind of like a reverse grumpy sunshine. But the guy that, you know, is interested in her owns the food truck outside. And so I spent months making sure that I knew all of the proper terms for stuff. I knew how a kitchen worked. I knew how food trucks worked. My husband's like, are we starting a business? Are you opening a <laughs> restaurant? And I'm like, I don't know. How's that macaroni and cheese? Is that to your liking? <laughs> that's my level here. <laughs> But I've um, I've ventured down so many paths for research, and I think it's you know one of those things that readers appreciate. Like I read books, and I'm like, "Whoa, I had no idea!" And then I go and Google it, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's that's true." <laughs> Apparently, you can die that way. <laughs> yes, you can. And funny enough, too, it's one of those where you don't know who your reader is, and you are cooking. You know, mm-hmm. you're writing about that. You know, that restaurant and that chef and that band, and you end up getting someone like me that's a chef and uh-huh. you use the wrong dice i'm gonna be like mm, girl <laughs> right and i'm like um okay 86 that 86 <laughs> oh see Ali. oh see she, she totally went for my heart there and used the right term for that <laughs> <laughs> i for need the- it on the fly viviana <laughs> oh yeah and you're not in the weeds yes <laughs> I'm not in the weeds. I'm doing okay today. Yes, awesome. Okay, for those that don't know these terms, 86 means canceling an order. <laughs> in the weeds, you're way into trouble and you're behind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On the fly, we're going to rush that. Yep. Because we messed it up the first time, probably. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> but those are things that also makes the reader smile. In that, oh, she did do her work. And oh my gosh, she got that term right. Uh, Right. Or it makes you wonder how many jobs this author has had before they gave up and started writing. (laughs) It's always a conversational starter, right? Right. (laughs) At the end of the day, no matter (laughs) what, online or not. it's and, And I've had found it where I have reached out to authors and said, thank you so much for using the right terminology or coming up with the right terms. And and that's all for things like restaurant talk to even yeah. mis- miscarriages because right. it's it's important to i think let you guys know right and it's but i've also reached out to the author and bust that out with like here's a google link Should right write book two in a cafe next time right <laughs> but it's, it's i you know i always feel like i want to say a bit of a bad thank you for taking the time to do because it's a lot of research and it's a mm-hmm. lot um and it goes on the paper on the page goes really quickly, right? You're not always right. just talking that lingo all the time. And it just could be a blurb, a minute right. in the kitchen, for an example, or that conversation about, you know, where the relationship's going next and if family is part of it or not, what does that family look like? And mm-hmm. for you to take the time to do the research and write it eloquently with respect is important. And, right. and I will say that again, when authors don't do that, it's, it's a topic of conversation among readers and we will tell people. And oh yeah, no, absolutely. That, yeah. And also a little bit of that respect kind of falls like, mm, next time you come out with your, I'll make, I may get your book, but it ain't going to be on top of my list. 
right? Right, right. Nope, I agree. (laughs) Yeah. Again, important things, little things (laughs) like that are details. It's same thing like with book covers, you know, spending the time on that, getting the things edited. It's a whole part of the process that a lot of readers don't know what goes into it. And they're, I mean, it's very fascinating. I think when I, I love seeing it on social media, when a newbie reader or listener buses out with, I had no clue. And I'm like, welcome to the world of books. <laughs> <laughs> right. I when I child. first started, <laughs> I had no idea how much work was involved. And, you know, my husband and I, we just jumped straight into it. He's a graphic designer. So he does all of my covers. I come up with the concepts. I design them in Canva. But then I take all of the elements and I hand them over to him and um, he does them in Photoshop. And there's a lot of tweaks that he has to do because, you know, I only do the mock-ups. I'm not trying to create the real cover. But we have taken so much time to study trends to know what typography we should use, what colors are appropriate for different genres, what images to use. You know, we've learned so much and getting a book from start to finish between editing and just writing in general, doing the blurb, doing the cover, all of that. It is just, it's a beast. And and I like will devour a book in a few hours that someone else wrote, but I'm like, you guys, I hope you know that this took me like three months. I oh my goodness, go I down can't... and read it a little longer. Right. I oh my goodness. And I know that it's 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 one of those like this is how much we love you guys as authors. This is how much we enjoyed the story. That whole like I couldn't put it down is mm-hmm. real. And and I and I've <laughs> I've done it, but I also try to savor it. Um, there's my you know, culinary thing. I like savoring the sweetness and things like that of the books, but I totally can relate. And yes, I've been guilty. DMing one of you guys busting out with so <laughs> when's the next one coming out and then getting yelled at in caps this took me seven months <laughs> I'm like I love right. it I'll reread it again thanks bye <laughs> which is why we love this community with so many different authors we're like okay just we'll, mm-hmm. we'll revisit we'll go hang out over here and like oh look, someone right. let's go, let's go. <laughs> I think it's great that there are so many authors because, you know, when we look at how much a reader can read, I mean, if that reader was just waiting around for their favorite author, they'd only read a handful of books a year. Whereas, you know, reading is such a beautiful thing. And I've always been a huge reader. Um, I remember growing up and my mom would, you know, read James and the Giant Peach to my sister and I before bed. And, you know, those my favorite times all the favorite books that she you know read to me then are still fresh in my mind now and you know I think it's wonderful that there's so many authors out there that readers can literally go through you know 10 20 100 books a month and feed that need that they have to devour books without you know feeling like they can only read this author or that author like to have so many different favorite authors is just such an incredible thing. And yeah. I really feel like, you know, I've been doing this almost three years, but I still feel like I'm brand new where I'm like, oh my God, somebody liked my book. No way. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, you know, it shocks me. Like it still surprises me. Yeah. I don't think that should ever go away. I think the majority of the authors that I've spoken with and know, and some that are the ones that I'm friends with, 
that have been writing for years. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like decades, 10 years, eight years. Yeah. Me, that whole like, why do you like my book? You do? Oh my God. <laughs> Still happens. Gotta love imposter right? syndrome. But it's also, you know, it's it's a yeah. work of art and, you know, up into interpretation sometimes. And what someone might love and adore, I might look at you like, did we read the same book? Because no. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my books aren't for everyone. Yeah, I um, I have a book that releases next Tuesday and I gave it to ARC readers on the 1st of February. And I was trying to go and get my review links up for them so they could easily you know, go and do their reviews. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm working ahead. We're good. I had people like within a few hours of getting the book asking me where the Goodreads link was. And I'm like, oh, I don't have it yet, but I'll have it by the time you're done. And they're like, no, I'm done. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it hasn't oh. even been like a full 12 hours, but <laughs> okay. Yeah. And they just are. the amount of positive feedback like that people are so excited to have something that I've written it's just it's 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 an amazing feeling oh absolutely I think it's any in anything when someone enjoys what you do and it just reinvigorates Uh you to want to go okay fine I'll keep writing otherwise it'd be a very lonely because it's already a lonely career for you guys (laughs) right the walls the pen the you Mm -hmm. know the computer having to have the isolation in order to write because the characters Uh in your head talking count but don't at the same time Uh, (laughs) so right no totally that information is helpful and then motivated to keep you going again and write some more (laughs) yeah And the positive feedback, you know, I have readers who message me constantly and I, I love and I adore it. I am one of those authors. I won't go check my reviews. The only time I check my reviews is when I have a new release and that's just from my ARC team, but they have a form that they submit to me that has their links. So I can just go check to see that it's done and that's it. Um, I'm just the person that I stepped away last year, early last year from reading my reviews because, you know, I don't think it's the place that authors need to be. And again, that may be an unpopular opinion. The reviews aren't, aren't for us. That's, that's a reader's safe place. That's their space to say, Hey, I like this book. Hey, I didn't like this book. It wasn't for me. I didn't like X, Y, and Z. And I, wholeheartedly value and respect that I don't go check my reviews not because I don't want to see the the bad ones that I've gotten but because some of them are how do I say this politely because you know my mama always reads um some of them are so cruel not just with me, but even with other authors, um, they're just, you know, they write them to tear people to shreds, to tear their work to shreds. And it's not anything that's helpful or constructive and it's not my place to be. Mm-hmm. And so I don't go read my reviews because I don't want to stumble upon those ones because it will put me in a mindset where I say, nope, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And for me, writing is my my therapy. It's my mental break when I need one. And so to to taint that with the negativity, because when I see somebody's, you know, written words of I didn't like this because this author really sucks and she shouldn't live, you know, that 
<laughs> that can really yeah. fester in somebody's head. Oh, um, yeah. It's just, it's not the place for me to be. I have alpha readers. I have beta readers. I have my arc readers. So I have a pretty strong, solid team in addition to my editing team that, you know, gives me the feedback along the way. So, you know, a lot of them are my sensitivity readers. So they let me know if something sounds a little off or maybe, maybe we shouldn't word it that way. Or, you know, that just made me feel really weird. There's stuff, I write stuff and I could forget a sentence like two seconds after I write it. And so having other eyes on it is really, really valuable. But getting that initial feedback where people have taken the time to message me directly to say, hey, I really love this book or, oh, my gosh, this is my favorite of the year. Like, that's tremendous. I I don't know that readers know the true impact they have when they, you know, branch out and decide to contact an author directly to tell them how much they love their book. But really, there's no harm that can come from that. So. Oh, yeah. Y'all should do it if you feel like it. (laughs) (laughs) And and here's something, too, and thank you for bringing this up. I am of the the mindset that the review should be there for the authors, but not in how it's being done as of late, right? The, you know, in order to have that conversation of, um, in case your editor, for whatever reason, didn't catch it, or someone else in your team didn't catch it, having that, Mm -hmm. hey, there is something that didn't flow correctly. Uh-huh. You know, oh, I, I did not like this character because of X, Y, Z. And then, oh, there was a plot hole here. Fill in the blanks. It's right. how you go about it. You're sharing your opinion. And and uh, opinions are like assholes. We all have one. It does not mean uh-huh. that we need to vocalize it at all or that anybody asked for it. From a reviewer's perspective, right. it is being asked of me. But that does not negate that I, I have to be cruel about it. I can write right. a review and make it all about the book without not even making it where you never write again (laughs) there's a different way to say it it's like there's a whole like broad area but it's like people just kind of sit on the outliers like let's go to the far extreme and you know I had a novella that I put out back in 2020 and um it's it's currently my free reader magnet and it's about a steamy romance author who's struggling to write her sex scenes and she finds herself eavesdropping on her next door neighbor because he's getting a ton of action. <laughs> and so, you know, obviously, spoiler alert, we all know that they'll end up getting together because it's a romance book. Like, it'd be real strange if I put them together and then I had her get with someone else. But I didn't pay attention when I was writing it and I didn't put on page that they used a condom. I just did not think about it. It just completely, you know, was not in my head. And I had um, somebody review it and they mentioned it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're 100% right. So I went back and I edited the book because I'm absolutely they should be using a condom. They should have safe sex. That's really gross. If not, they hardly (laughs) know each other. You know, let's let's be clean, you guys. Let's make good choices. Yeah, I know. But I'm that had girl the too. reviewer not mentioned that, you know, I wouldn't have noticed it. Nobody else on my, you know, reading team had caught it, but a reader did and they put it in the review and it wasn't a bad review. It was, I think, a three or four star rating, which I was super happy with. But, you know, I was super thankful for that feedback, but I didn't respond to the review because, you know, I feel like, gosh, I feel like there's such a, a hard line. Still, like, 
you know, do authors engage on TikTok? Is that a place for authors and readers to connect? Some say yes, some say no. Just oh, like yeah. on Goodreads, should an author respond to reviews? Mm. Some say yes, some say no. I went with the no. I don't know that that reader wanted to hear from me. You know, I wasn't saying anything negative, but also I didn't want to violate that respect. I didn't want to cross a line. And I always leave it very open, especially in my, you know, reader groups and stuff that if anybody sees anything in my books, they can always reach out to me. Like I'm the author that if you find an error, tell me, I'll fix it. I don't care if it was three years ago. Let's, let's correct it. But, you know, I was super thankful for that review. Yeah, I'm that girl too that busts out with like I would have been like Samantha. They just mad. Did you? Uh-huh. <laughs> right, like, and so now I'm, I'm like super anal with everything. I'm like, <laughs> let's let's get all the condoms. We went to Costco. We bought a bunch. We've got yeah. bulk for all the books. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's wearing them. <laughs> Everyone, yes, it's uh, even ballooning. It's not just kidding. <laughs> I think that uh, (laughs) (laughs) there's a visual. Uh, (laughs) I I think like with any kind of fandom, there is always those readers that are are enjoying the the story. And and it's great to be like that hype girl for authors too, right? But I think some too, there's that blind fandom too, that they can do no wrong and everything is golden. I'm like, listen, we all have our good days and we all have our bad days. Right. While the previous book may have been a five star or a four star, this was okay. and And it's okay to be okay. Right. It's because it's my opinion. I always am very weary about those re- um, those reviewers and those and even influencers nowadays that are everything that they fucking read is five stars. And I'm like, either a you have no standards um, mm-hmm. or are uh, my favorite part, of course, is that you work for them and you're just not being transparent. And I can totally tell um, when certain right. people work for authors and narrators and the yeah. And it's just one of those things where you're going, I don't trust you anymore. Right. From a reviewer's perspective and Uh someone that reads the reviews. Yeah. A lot of my ARC team, they're consistent with, they'll message me if anything pops up. They've been with me for quite a few years. I always have my ARC team open though. So it's not one of those exclusive. I always post open calls for people to join with whatever book I'm at. And if it's in a series, I offer new people to read the backlist that I'll give them copies so that way they can catch up. But you know, a lot of my ARC team, I get four star ratings. I get a little leery when I start seeing too many five stars. I'm like, "Mm, did I love the book that much? (laughs) I wrote it. So I don't know that I would give it five stars. But I mean, I think we're probably at like a four, four and a half. But for my beta readers, I've taken beta readers from alpha readers. And I only have people on my alpha and beta team that can give me that really hard constrictive or constructive criticism. Those are the right words. Because it does me no favors for people to just, you know, sing me praises. I I want to do better. I want it to be something that people thoroughly enjoy, even though it may not be everyone's cup of tea. I want it to be the best cup of tea that some people have. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, I want that that constructive criticism. I have a girl who's on my arc team and um, you know, there's some characters I've written and she's like, That girl just annoyed me, or my God, that guy was gosh, he just wasn't my typical guy that I like. And that's 1000% okay. Doesn't mean she doesn't like me or she doesn't like my books. She didn't like a character. And I'm going to write some characters that 
some of my regular readers won't like because if I wrote the same character over and over and over, why read any more of my books? Because then they're just all the same. So I appreciate, you know, having some negative in there. Well, I mean, it's constructive, right? And if you have the people on your yes. art team yes. that came into it because they discovered your books and they love your writing style, right? That's also something mm -hmm. different than the tropes or the genres, how you vocalize a story. And then when it right. comes into it, if you are, if, if I'm on our team and I find myself not loving it anymore, it could be that I'm, there's stuff going on in my life. And then there's, um, or the writing style change because you're allowed to do that. Exactly. <laughs> and yep. that's, that's what yep. the conversation of, okay, so, uh, I love you still, um, let's take a break or. Right. Um, I may come back later. I may yeah, not. Exactly. That's and okay. Then, and there's always that whole concept that like the arc teams are there for the marketing. Yes, there is, folks. It is. But, you know, there are rules and regular, you know, with how things are done. But, you, you know, wanting to only have those people that give you five stars is not it's a detriment. Honestly, it truly is a detriment to your exactly. Growth. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So those are important. Have, you know, have them be nice and kind. And if you need to train. That's the other thing too. Sometimes people don't know how to write a review. And by the way, though, if you guys are listening, right. re restating the blurb does not count as a review. Right? <laughs> I can read the damn blurb myself. Re you know, rejuging it, um, it, telling me that you know it's starting the sentence where if he had blonde hair when the original blurb had it on the second, it's not. That's not a review. I want to know about character development, character growth. Was there good writing? Was it edited? How are the narrators? Because that's also different than don't blame the narrators if the book wasn't right. well, or don't blame the book if the narrators are not the best. <laughs> those are separate. Right. Keep that in mind. Um, exactly. And, and it's good to have come into those conversations and, and say, hey, um, things to consider when you're doing a review, things to look at. I think sometimes yep. we're, you know, part of that is missing a little bit, but I, I love it when people are telling us, oh my God, I felt so good after reading this or all that stuff. And or I couldn't put it down. Right. But then it. they say, why? Yes. Like, why? Why did you love it? Not just, I gave it five stars because I loved it. Like, why? I gave it five stars because the heroine went through this life transformation and I was able to relate because I'm recently divorced and starting over or, you know, something that, that is line was true funny to as what shit. they loved about it. <laughs> right yeah <laughs> there's this turtle that keeps eating her panties <laughs> i'm like where the hell did you come up with that and i love it <laughs> <laughs> it's just the random stuff that pops up in my damn head yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't know why they decided to be a turtle that ate panties there's also a really foul-mouthed parrot in that book too oh and the girl's best friend owns a pet shop but it has a speakeasy vibe so you have to get the password before you can go into it Nice. And so she's actually getting the second book that will come out this June. What's so the password to, um, to pet the ferret? <laughs> <laughs> well, and so the pet shop is called Cool Cats. And I forget what the password was in the book, but I'm sure we're going to have a ton of passwords in the second book since it's her pet shop. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know fun. why I decided to make a pet shop a speakeasy. Like, I don't know why the turtle had to eat panties. I have no idea. I'm surprised by half the shit I write most of the time anyway. <laughs> wow. But that's Look the creativity that. that I love. That's the creativity that readers are like, yes, it's romance. <laughs> yes, we know it's romantic suspense. Things are going to go kaboom while they're trying to make out. We know this already. But, uh, you know, or yes, he's a firefighter and he's this or whatever the case is. It's those details 
that are the differences that totally make a book stand out and that we fall right in love with yeah. all over again with the genre <laughs> and, and the authors. And because right. I mean, like having a dog and a cat can only go so far after so many books, having a turtle that eats the panties. Mm-hmm. That's interesting and definitely memorable. <laughs> so <laughs> right total marketing there yeah total like, marketing. I, that's, that's the one thing people talk about with that book and i think that was the one thing that showed up the most in reviews mm-hmm. i think book bub like turtle was a trending word for that <laughs> book and I'm like people are gonna think it's like a how to care for turtles book oh, god i mean no. i did a lot of research on yes. I've, I've never had a turtle but I've done research on like, you know, what kind of enclosure do they need? Well, okay, we're gonna learn about substrate. This is what they eat. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I had to make it realistic. And I was like, she put the turtle in the shoebox and it got out and ate all of her underwear. And it was no longer Victoria's Secret. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. See, yeah, it's, it's just one of those. And now, and if turtle ever <laughs> trends on Twitter when I'm on there, and because of the right hand side, it gives you what the trends are, I'm going to be like, hmm, Samantha. Uh huh. Turtles in association. I also I have one with um, Oreos, and mm-hmm. I have a reader who we just were talking random talk one night in my Facebook group. And I had, I think, three packages of the like little two cookie snack packs, like Oreo, the white Oreos and the chips Ahoy. And I had them out and I was like, which one is your guys's favorite? So we started talking and, you know, my group gets rowdy and one reader was saying something about her husband and it just got to an inappropriate level. And I was like, well, you could take the Oreos and separate them and use the cream and stick them to your boobs, you know, to cover (laughs) your nipples. And so it transpired into this whole thing. And she's like, oh, my God, now I need I need a book with Oreos. And so I gave her a book with Oreos and um, blame it on the eggnog. I write a lot of holiday novellas. Um, blame it on the eggnog was the last one that I released last December. And there's a whole Oreo scene. So now every time she sees someone ask about Christmas books, she's like, go get yourself a bag of Oreos <laughs> and then read this book. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not a how-to, you guys. Read it for Oreo usage. Joke. So now anytime anytime she sees Oreo, she's like, oh, we got to get blame it on the eggnog. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. So, I mean, I think that I single-handedly boosted Oreo sales last December. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. And and now we also know what to bring to you for shits and giggles at Reader's Take Denver to get your books. Right. <laughs> bring your Oreos. No, books. bring me some Oreos. <laughs> and my husband will be attending with me, so oh. he'll fully know what's happening with those Oreos. <laughs> Just saying. Nice. I don't think he's going like, to object at all. Yeah, he's going to be like, honey, I'll leave one, at least one packet for later. Okay, babe. <laughs> right. <laughs> Slide them under the table. They will. The purse. Yeah. <laughs> We're celebrating our wedding anniversary out there as well. Oh, nice. We got married March 21st. So we're taking advantage of um, being away for the signing and we're sneaking in a little anniversary romantic weekend when I'm not running around with my head cut off, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, a lot of people use conventions and signings as a bit of either right before or soon thereafter to do some form of vacation, uh, which is great that you Uh you know, almost like a double dip, but yeah, at Denver, March 30th through April 2nd, it's going to be a nice four long day 
weekend where we get to hang out with mm-hmm. authors, yell their name across the, the, the halls, and uh, bust out with, I'll get you the Oreo! <laughs> uh- <laughs> right? If we need to pass Oreos around, if anybody's yeah. attending and wants to come get your book signed, just just bring me an Oreo. That's mm-hmm. my payment, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to end up with a stack of Oreos. You're going to be like, Yana, I'm like I know. Now we have recipes I'm gonna be to the look Oreo at. lady. Yeah, now we have to come up right? with recipes for that baking book <laughs> that you're going to do, right? Someone's going to be a baker in that restaurant. <laughs> right? Well, I have another one where they are bakers and he's a chocolatier. I don't Let's know. See. Cooking seems to be a trend in my books, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, it is a very sensual act of, you know, an intimate when you look at it, right? The whole providing someone right? and and the creative ways people can use food is um uh-huh nicely done <laughs> yeah i had a i had a rowdy scene and um the one i was talking about it's all is fair in food and war mm. and that's the one with the um food truck and the upscale chef and i had somebody <laughs> read and review and they're like as a, as a real chef i had to remind myself that this is just fiction and that it's okay that they did something unsanitary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because it's just fiction. <laughs> it's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll have that moment of like, I, I not, on table, that for you. not on the table. Not on the Station for fun's sake. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I violated all of the safe places in your kitchen. I'm sorry, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, you will never look at that one <laughs> again the same. Um. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I don't, I don't know they were on the fly yeah see Ooh, you use what you have available okay girl you use what you have available right yeah they had they only had a short window mm-hmm. <laughs> not even literally i meant to say window of time but then i took a drink of my coffee and i'm like that also works i mean yes absolutely yeah that that uh freezer can be uh multi-purposed um <laughs> go in there to yell after someone's not giving you the ingredients or there are other things just you know uh-huh. uh-huh. Have a nice cold air to nip certain body parts. Yep. Cool off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so many options. Yeah. We're going to have an entire episode on, you know, we should do a panel at the at, at the events. Lisa, this is not an idea for this year, but maybe next year. <laughs> you know, if you need a um Oreo uh-huh. speaker for 2024, just let Lisa know. Yep. I'm all over yep. it. Perfect. I'm, I'm all about how to use food in inappropriate ways in books. Yep. That's totally going to be a panel I actually topic. had quite a trend for a while where almost all of my books had some sort of a food scene in it. There was brownies. There was fried chicken. There was something with a sub. There's Oreos. Oh. Yeah, I have a thing about food. Yeah, totally going <laughs> to be a panel next year. <laughs> yeah, I'll um I'll lead a whole session on how to incorporate food into spicy books. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can totally see a trend, a track for the the husband that come along with uh with the attendees as right uh, having having the male track be like for the for the spouses the so she's a writer how to use food right <laughs> <laughs> making the grocery lists mm-hmm. yep. like, damn that's a very random assortment i know <laughs> yeah totally works out this is going to be your is this um, you think you shared before we started that this is your first signing what are you looking yes, forward this is my to my first the most? official signing um so i'm struggling with that because as an author i'm so excited to be there and to meet people um as a reader <laughs> i'm like totally fangirling at the 
authors that are going to be there. And so I'm struggling because I want to be good and be an author and sit in my seat and wait for people to come so I can sign their books. But then part of me just wants to run around like crazy going to all of the other authors I love and take selfies and have them sign my stuff. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, it's um, it's a bit overwhelming trying to control the reader instead of me. Yeah, I but know. I think it's um, it's going to be such a fun event. There's mm-hmm. so much that's lined up between all of the different panels and the events and the parties. Um, I just I'm still trying to wrap my head around how much there's going to be to do and just kind of maximizing every minute so I can fully take it in and enjoy it and you know, meet the readers who are coming to pick up their pre-orders and meet new readers that may just be passing by. I'm looking forward to that the most, I think. Yeah, that's definitely a perk when it comes down to having these events that are longer than a day or two, is that you'll have more than a lot of opportunities (laughs) to connect with the authors. So even if you Mm -hmm. don't have the chance to do it while the official book signing is happening, there are panels and a lot of you guys are awesome and will stick around a little bit afterwards to sign books then mm-hmm. there's there's the unofficial let's meet at the bar <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. and they're like hey we're gonna be in the hallway on this floor come over and hang out bring Oreos and just all these different things that you get to do both you get to be the fan and be the author all at right. the same time um yeah so I already put all my pre-orders in and so I've already you know chatted with a few of the authors like Claire mm-hmm. Hastings and I you know we're Surely knows I'm planning to track her down and tackle her when I see her so I can get my books from her. And, you know, I've already put my list and I've given it to my husband. I'm like, okay, here's the mission. Mm. <laughs> here's who we're tracking down. Yes. But yes. I think, you know, during setup and stuff, we'll have plenty of time for authors to oh yeah we have the be pianos. the readers and get what we need from each other oh yeah it's gonna be great on thursday there's a the the mingle where the authors are mm-hmm. hanging out with the authors and the narrators so you guys will get to hang out together and then influencers and bloggers and reviewers that we've invited will come in and then everybody else comes mm-hmm. in and so you'll have those moments where it provides you with some of that like oh my god moments and uh, you and i write together moments i'm gonna hire you for my audiobook situations of and then the the panels and like I said, there's going to be so many different opportunities there for you guys to connect and get things done as a reader. So even if you are a little concerned that there's going to be a lot of people, not enough time for the book signings, there's technically three different book signings and there's so many opportunities. So no worries, guys, you guys are going to get those books signed and get those moments with the authors and the narrators. So it's going to be right. fun. So much fun. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah. So your books are also an audio. What made you decide to go into that format? Well, I I was reluctant to jump in for a while because I was just so focused on writing. And um, doing audiobooks, it's fun. However, I think that a lot of people aren't really as familiar with how much work goes into it, not just, you know, on the narrator side, but as the author, we, we have to listen to the whole book to, you know, approve each chapter. And well, at least I do. So, you know, I'll pull up the PDF copy of my book on my computer and usually I can do like an hour, hour and a half. And I just go through whatever chapters I can get through 
in that time. And if there's any corrections that I need made, then I have to jot those down and know what the timestamp mark is. And it ends up, you know, being quite a bit of time. I wanted to have audiobooks done because I wanted to offer my readers as many options to enjoy my books as possible, paperback, ebook, Kindle Unlimited, audio. And I finally got to the point that I had more time. Um, when I first started publishing, I had two little ones that were both under two years old. Years old. I forget. And so, you know, being a very busy at-home mom and having two toddlers, it it took up a lot of the time. And at the time, I wanted to focus on writing instead of other stuff. Now they're four and five. So I have, you know, nights where I can be up a little bit later than everyone else and crank it out. So I started doing the audiobook stuff late last year, I think maybe September. And I have one that just went live yesterday. And then I have four others that are out and I have three more that are in production. And so that's been really fun. You know, the narrators that I've been working with, they're fabulous. I think the last one I did, it's almost a 70,000 word book. And I think I had maybe seven things that needed to be corrected just because they're like glitches in the way Audible uploaded it on my side, like it skipped over a word or just random things. So, I mean, that's a fantastic narrator to only have like seven things out of that big of a document. It's made my life so much easier because I'm not having to stop every few minutes to know things that I need fixed. And so, you know, I'm excited to get some more audiobooks out, probably around April or May this year. I'm not sure where I'm going next with it. Um, all of the ones I have currently are all exclusive on Audible. But for my romantic suspense books, I may be looking at doing those with a different production company. I would ideally love to do those as um, dual narrator, their dual points of view. And oh, nice. I think because of the suspense portion of it. I feel like it's going to sound better having a male narrator do the male point of view and a female for the females. You know, it's, I don't want to sound like bitchy or snob, snobby or anything, but for me, sometimes I have a hard time with male narrators trying uh -huh. to do female voices oh, when they're doing the characters. <laughs> and so to have a male narrator do a book that has a lot of chapters that are in hers I think that would pull away from it and take people out of the suspense part. So I'm focusing differently on my romantic suspense books. I have two series that are complete and ready to go into audible or to go into audiobooks, but I'm still taking the time and looking at all of the options for that. And then I have holiday books that I'll try to get out for this year. That's the majority of what I had out last year. And man, people were not just about the ebook holiday books, but holiday audiobooks were yeah. super popular last year and mine did extremely well even though they came out some of them only like a week before christmas well hey i mean when you're trying to wrap or bake cookies for you know x amount of parties come uh -huh. up with designs and stuff and everything i'm like audio is the way to go because i can multitask <laughs> right <laughs> it's, exactly yeah it's definitely very very helpful 
to have that opportunity to mm-hmm. multitask. And but you're right. I think it's not you being bitchy or anything like that. There is a level of particularness that you have to have for your own books. Casting is huge. And I know that it's something that readers will say, right. love this narrator, love them. He can't do a, a female voice to save his life. And we're, it's not the expectation of he going to sound like a girl. Cause <laughs> hello. No, we want the, the, one of the things we love about the books is like when they have, and you guys are awesome as, as far as providing that he had a deep grumbly voice. Right. Uh-huh. That means that the register is a little lower, which means they're not going to go come up here high. What we consider typical female voice, nope. but there's a way to do it. And there's how things can be done and the, you know, the suspending the, the disbelief thing that happens. But I personally love a dual point of view or even duets because mm-hmm. that provides us a yeah. different level of doing things. But also for the listeners, that's also a lot more expensive. Um, so please right. keep that in mind with authors, be nice. But if the book is majority female, do that's one thing I would suggest. If the book is majority female, hire the female narrator. If it's all the male point of view, then hire the male. I've seen it where it's the opposite. And I'm like, why? Right. <laughs> why? <laughs> but yeah, in my books, I'm so I'm so regimented that almost 90% of my books are every other chapter. Mm-hmm. It rotates. Um, on occasion, like we'll get two back to back of her and then him. Mm-hmm. But almost everyone is like equal split between her and him. So you know, I think it's definitely one of those that for the suspense ones, I, I want that to be distinguished. And for my lighter ones, you know, those I've done all just single narrator, but I've had some females that they've done really good with distinguishing that it's a male voice mm-hmm. and it hasn't pulled me out of the story at all. So I think, you know, that works well. Plus they're, they're lighter. They're, you know, the ones that people feel are more rom-commy so it's fitting with the the way the female voices are on those ones but the suspense ones I feel like we just I need to do them justice because you know they're popular books they they do really well and I don't want someone to be turned off because they expect like you know a deep voice for the male and then it's you know, super squeaky or, <laughs> or whatnot, you know, yeah. want to make sure the cast is right and that we really, really feel the characters. It's, it's a lot of work. Like I said, aside from mm-hmm. what the narrator does to it, the, the work that goes in front of it and to prep it, right. it's all, you know, it's a lot, which is always why we're as listeners are so grateful when we finally do get that audiobook done. So thank you for wanting your books to be accessible to everybody and to have oh, that opportunity that's fantastic yeah. so i'm looking it's forward slow, to seeing well how steady. you do your yeah well hey it, it's it's a not an easy process trust me mm-hmm. <laughs> and not and uh, and the thing a narrator can make or break it is true <laughs> so, mm-hmm. just like a book can make or break a narrator absolutely oh yeah uh mm-hmm. definitely i i'm for a fact as, as much as i love my narrators and they do know i love them uh a tr- a tr- you know tremendously if it wasn't for the author in the book, y'all wouldn't have jobs. So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I love my authors. It's it's we need to have the story first. Uh, otherwise, yeah, right. that's a different conversation. <laughs> so, not going to go there. 
Um, but it's, it's definitely something that I think that if it's an opportunity, it's just like the, you know, years ago, everything was paperback, right. And hardback was like, Ooh, right. hard, hard cover books. Wow. And then eBooks came into play and right. then that was just, it's just a different format and there are things that are involved mm-hmm. there differently. And it's, uh, it's not as easy as it, people tend to think that it might be. So right. be kind, be cool. Enjoy the books. If you love audiobooks buy them um if cost is an issue subscriptions or mm, libraries <laughs> they're right. free there so um, exactly okay there's different right. ways to go about it yeah uh, you know just like they have art books they actually have alc teams so um, there's always a, a way to support the authors mm-hmm. that isn't you know stealing yeah <laughs> just gonna say that out no loud. and you know my biggest struggle I get promo codes with every book that I launch. I get 25 US and 25 UK. I cannot, for the life of me, find enough people that can use Audible UK codes. So I just sit on more than half of them. Like, I would love to give them to people to read and review. I cannot find Audible UK um, people that can utilize the codes. So, I mean, if people can and they want them, I have them for all of my books. I'll gladly give them out. Yeah, I don't want to sit on promo codes. That's you know free, free yeah. audiobooks for people. So yeah, and also reviews for you. <laughs> yeah, we'll right. Off, we'll offline opportunities and areas there. Um, after after we officially you know uh, sign off. But yeah, yeah, and also too, if you guys are if you guys are listeners that use the you know the Audible UK accounts, um, hit hit an author up, <laughs> ask the yeah. question. Do you have an yeah. LLC team or do you provide codes in, in the UK? I think it's usually because the, the popularity of UK codes are not widely known. Mm-hmm. You know, listeners that are potentially using the Audible UK are like, there's nothing for me, so why am I going to bother? Like, no, ask right. the question. Ask. It's yeah, important. and I always post in my art groups, I post there first. Anytime I have a new audiobook, I'll let them know, hey, I have review codes if anybody wants them let me know if you're us or uk i have a lot of people who have access to uk codes that are in the us because they've moved and so they'll grab those because they know that it means they're guaranteed to get one because i always have a hard time you know giving those ones away and so anybody on my arc team i always you know post in there that if they're caught up on any other audiobooks that they've signed up for with me they can grab a new code like i'm always willing to give them out <laughs> yeah no opportunities there's always opportunities to get them i do a lot of giveaways too ebooks paperbacks audiobook codes in my newsletter and my facebook page my group yeah i'm i think the queen of giveaways because i usually <laughs> have at least one or two happening Damn, girl. Well, you <laughs> know what? My it, husband's like, do we have a store now? Because you're shipping. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funniest thing, too, is that this is also how we give, you know, how <laughs> us as readers can give back is that if you are getting something for free, whether it's an ARC um, or even a giveaway. Now, granted, there's a difference between getting an ARC or ALC in exchange for an honest review versus give giveaway. But another right. lovely way to support the author, um, especially those that do provide their readers with giveaways and things like this is to write a review. It doesn't take that long. I know reviews are so huge. And I think, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding, misconception around what reviews do for authors. You know, there used to be this thing that went around forever saying if a book got 50 reviews or ratings on Amazon, 
then Amazon would start promoting that book for the author. But there's, I mean, I might be wrong, but I want to say that it's no longer a thing and that's not anything Amazon does anymore. However, authors are always looking for reviews because reviews are social proof for other readers that other people found this book to be something to read and leave a review on. So the more reviews we have, the more likely other readers who don't know us yet are to pick up our work. But it's also tremendous for authors who are looking to do some of the larger book signings. Um, I know that this one, Readers Take Denver, was a little different. I don't know what the criteria was that they looked for when authors requested to join, but I know like um, Indies Invade Philly, Book Bonanza, Love in Vegas, a lot of those are incredibly hard to get into. And I know that many times, you know, they look at the author's Goodreads and Amazon and whatever profiles to see how popular, for lack of a better word, the author's books are because they want to have highly desirable authors at these signing events because they want to be able to attract readers who want to come to see these authors to get their books signed. And so, you know, somebody could have a really, really amazing book, but it not have enough ratings. And that person might be overlooked for, you know, signing event or to be featured in some exclusive book box or, you know, there's a bunch of things that are kind of behind the scenes on the author side that people don't notice that that these reviews actually impact by not having a ton of reviews, you know, it can kind of hinder certain things for an author to do. And, you know, my books are just now kind of building up on their reviews but I've spent the past two and a half years just rapidly writing and releasing and not really worrying about any marketing or promoting. Kept my ARC team small because I've been super busy. You know, two toddlers, they're they're crazy. They keep me on my toes. And for me, you know, I, I published with the intention of not turning it into anything more. So I just kept surprising myself when I'd write another book. Now that I've taken the time to market and promote, you know, I'm seeing more reviews actually come in, which is helpful, but it's one of those things that, you know, if I would have been doing that all along, <laughs> well, I probably would have had more by now, but you'd be, yeah, but there's also just, a, I'm going to make you feel better. Um, those people that are <laughs> constantly busting out with reminding their readers and people that hire uh, PR companies, it, it's a struggle. It's a struggle to get mm-hmm. sometimes the reviews in part of it is yeah. the reviewers um in own imposter syndrome of why would anybody care what i have to say right the the, tri- the perfectionism sometimes that some of us have about making sure that the review is written in a really well yeah that's part of me, me. as mm-hmm. far as it, making sure that it's you're, you're sharing everything and per, you know posting it on there the time that it takes sometimes it is a quick review and you can't do quickies quickies are actually okay here and and uh-huh. but others you know will write a, and like it does not need to be a thesis statement folks or you know no pages but if it is you and that's what you do great but even it's just busting out with a, a social media post and posting that same you know the how much you loved it and the why that you did on, on facebook or instagram or, or getting on tiktok write that stuff down and copy paste it over to you know amazon and goodreads exactly and, and if you have a blog yep. on your blog make a little graphic using canva and post it on there so people can find it 
it, it's uh, the, every little bit helps. And it's, yeah, a, a lot of these things are, can, can make or break the author too. And in fact, that I, I know that there've been anthologies where, uh, you know, you have to have a certain amount of reviews. I know that some events, you know, consider the reviews and there's, and also you guys wanting to go to these book events, right? If you know that you have readers out there that love your stuff, it ain't cheap folks. Okay. You guys complain about the ticket cost sometimes for some of these events on the flip side, what it costs the authors to go to these events from the, right. ship, you know, the, the travel ship order and swag and yeah, we like books. our swag. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun. I mean, there's <laughs> well, a lot I like that goes spoiling in. people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't even think about like, what swag do I want to bring over to Reader's Take Denver this year? <laughs> and I might just bring Oreos with labels on them. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> Like, thank see? you, Samantha. <laughs> see, if I see anybody, you know, wandering around with Oreos looking a little like intimidated, I'll be like, just go see Viviana. She knows. Yeah. She knows yeah. what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, what's with all the Oreos? <laughs> gonna be like a running meme watch. <laughs> but yeah, the other thing is because it's been, uh, talk about learning a lot of things from, from these conversations, but something else that I love to do with the authors is to, well, Part of it is to see how good of a liar they are. Um, but then again, you guys write, you know, fiction for a living. I expect it to be good <laughs> to some extent, right? Is to play the game of two truths and a lie where you tell us three things about you and we have to figure out which one's the lie. So if you're ready. I'm ready. All right. What are your three things, Samantha? Okay. So one, I got engaged on a beach in Hawaii. Two, I have five tattoos. Three, I'm a crazy cat lady. Hmm. Again, <laughs> the creativeness of it all. It could be four tattoos instead of five or six. Who knows? It could have been engaged <laughs> in Hawaii, but not on the beach. Because y'all are funny like that. <laughs> or my favorite, it was a um, Hawaiian themed restaurant or resort. <laughs> <laughs> and See, uh, there's so many ways to twist it. Absolutely. The creativity is endless and I love it. Um <laughs> I hmm, and also my lovely cat lady thing. I want to say that the lie is the cats. Ah, you're right. <laughs> I am not a crazy cat lady. I'm actually deathly allergic to cats. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I yep. had a feeling. A, none, 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 none of them came up in conversation. Usually, they do one way <laughs> or the other. B. Um, when you said about, you know, wanting to live in the mountains and stuff with your allergies, I'm like, that probably means that she's allergic to other things too. <laughs> but yep. yeah. <laughs> so yep. cool. So you did get engaged on the beach in Hawaii. Nice. We did. We went to Hawaii. Um, we had planned a trip to go to Puerto Rico for my 30th birthday and our flight got canceled that morning, and then my mom ended up in the ER having Jesus. to have emergency gallbladder surgery. So the whole trip got canceled. So we did a makeup trip on my 31st birthday and decided to go to Hawaii instead. And Don't my me there. <laughs> right? My boyfriend at the time, we went to Kauai. Um, we had been going for days, and just sightseeing and exploring with my parents and my sister. And he knows that I love trees. And he found this really gnarly tree on um, 
one of the beaches. It was the very end of the day and it was just so beautiful. And there was this log that was just beautiful. Everything was beautiful about it. And that's where he decided to propose. He gave nobody any heads up. He'd been walking around with an engagement ring on him for days. <gasps> and um, asked my mom, can you take our picture real quick? Because my mom's a photographer. And I, he knew I wanted pictures of our proposal whenever it happened. And so my mom got pictures of him proposing to me on the beach during sunset in Hawaii. Nice. And yeah. didn't tell a damn person, huh? <laughs> nope. My mom's like, if you would have told me, I could have made sure my settings were right. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah. I wanted it to be a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. There's certain so things silly. you want plans, other things you don't. I mean, I keep messing with my husband after right? 20 years of marriage that when he proposed, the ring did not fit. And um, so that running joke uh -huh. is like, what? Did you go get it the day before? Did you not know that I was the one seriously? <laughs> Um, he really sucks at planning. <laughs> oh <laughs> no! But it's the, it's the intent behind it. It's the, it's the thought that counts. I, you know, it's right. my, my favorite stuff, and uh, it's all these how you make the memories, right? Um, versus all the time that it takes to planning. Besides, you guys must have planned a lot of things before things happened with the airline and your mom and the gallbladder. As someone that has something recently happened like that to her, the gallbladder, not fun. Yeah, not fun mm -mm. at all. Mm -mm. No. So no, and I'm like, you know, it was just a sign that that wasn't wasn't the trip. My husband and I, for my 30th birthday, we had just started dating. We'd only been together maybe three months before I was leaving for the Puerto Rico trip. So it wasn't something that he was going with us on because how do you save up for that kind of trip in just a few months? I mean, that's not, you know, a possibility for most people. And so I think, you know, fate just decided for us that that wasn't the path that we should take. And I'm really happy with how it all turned out. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, now, mm -hmm. how many years has it been now that you're celebrating? Uh, we got married in 2015. So we are getting ready to celebrate our eight year anniversary Aww. of being married. We've been together since 2013. So we're going on 10 years of being together and 20 years from when we had our first date back before social media and I ghosted him and didn't give him my last name or phone number so he could look me up in the telephone book. Nicely <laughs> They have to earn it. I'm sorry. <laughs> right? We were so young. Oh my gosh. Uh -huh. We were like an insta-lust workplace romance, mm -hmm. uh, you know, sexual harassment lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> but, you know, hey. we were just we were so young it was so casual that mm -hmm. you know it, we weren't really dating it was just like you know starting to test the waters and then he ended up leaving and finding another job and we just lost contact but we ended up seeing each other exactly like 10 years later and everything just clicked immediately from that point on wow so it was a very very quick romance that's great I've been someone that also started dating their, uh, you know, significant other um, mm -hmm. when she was 19. So I'm a trope. I'm an age gap office romance. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> there you go. We're so <laughs> going to do that panel next year. You know, let's yes. say your relationships into tropes um, <laughs> on social media post concept. Yes. Yeah, so age gap, there's an eight year mm -hmm. difference office uh, student teacher too. Mm. 
a sort of oh, okay. yeah there you go mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a hot one right now yeah we're kind yeah. of bordering into the forbidden trope um, there yeah <laughs> in, in this case he was the academic advisor and i was a front desk receptionist <laughs> there you go there you go yeah but uh and he was also a teacher there so yeah it's, uh, i mean beepers back in the day too so no social media having to connect uh-huh. with people via beepers and coming up with those lovely codes uh youngins are not going to understand shit about what i'm talking about but look it up nope <laughs> 07734 yes yep 007 <laughs> was his <laughs> but yeah um, no, those are uh thanks for sharing that and um mm-hmm. we'll have to do something i like so fat tattoos but we'll do that in denver when we're together and hang out. right yeah <laughs> show we me, can show play me. pin the oreo on the tattoo <laughs> <laughs> that'd be fun <laughs> Lisa's gonna be like what's with the Oreos at this event and I'm why like, do we have cases of Oreos mm-hmm. I'm like Lisa you need to listen to the podcast right we'll see. she's gonna regret inviting me <laughs> nah I'm gonna be on the ban list for next year <laughs> nah you'll be good you'll be all fun like, invite the, if you want to be like invite the fun girl with the the lick, the, the the eggnog and the and the Oreo, I'm like oh, you mean some eggnog? Uh-huh. Yeah, that one. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll even bring some eggnog. I mean, hey, might be off season, but you know, yeah, we'll make it work. There's cocktails all over the place <laughs> there in, in for this event, so why not? Right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Before we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you? So I am currently working on which i need to be working today but i probably won't (laughs) um i'm working on a book called the third times the charm and it is the third book in my beaumont creek series the second book second chances is actually releasing next tuesday on valentine's day and the audio for the first book just one time um just went live yesterday so it's a five book series it's small town new jersey each one is interconnected but they can this is one of my few series that they can actually be read as standalones i mean if you jump in to a earlier book you'll have some spoilers i mean you'll know that they got together and whatnot but the series i like it because i got creative with numbers so the first book is just one time the second one is second chances the third times the charm forever single and fifth will. So all five of them have number in the title. And I'm like, this sounds like a terrible town to be in because like forever single fifth will <laughs> second chances. It's just like, nobody can get their shit together in this town. Keep driving. And so, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why everybody is so single in this town, but okay. <laughs> We're going to fix all that up. Yep. But, I got the idea and it's silly when I was doing the titles and I didn't know all the characters at the time. I did the titles this way because I have this dream when I have my own office after we remodel our house. I want to make a clock on the wall and use my books for the numbers for the clock. And so I'm like, I could use just one for the one. (laughs) So I made titles that have to do with numbers. I could put them on my my wall clock that doesn't even exist. Hey, yeah, we have to have goals. A true author for you. <laughs> yep. 
Gotta have a I goal. have another series that has numbers too. So I'm like, I'm almost there. I just have to keep track of what numbers I'm missing. So, you know, we might get some random standalones that pop up just because somebody needs to finish their wall clock. <laughs> hey, hey, where <laughs> like are you? Like 11th hour, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, this is my level of planning. <laughs> well, well, there's intense, so that's good, right? <laughs> right. Keeps me occupied. Keeps me from, you know, other random stuff I could be doing. That is true. You never know. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Samantha, for taking the time to hang out with me. It's been so much fun, and I cannot wait to hang out with you in real life in Denver. <laughs> Yay! I am so excited. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. I will make sure to have all of your information as far as your website and newsletter and social media links, all that fun stuff over at the landing page for this uh, episode at Viviana Enchantress the Book so people don't have to go hunting for them. And everyone, again, thanks for listening. Until next time, happy listening. Thank you to all of our audiobook-loving podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Nixley Zenner, Carol Liebner, Brittany Robinette Leiter, Don Darch, Michelle Bastard, Brandy Schmidt, April Branson. The Audiobook Loving Podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shoutouts, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobook loving. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.